Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about The Expanse Season 4, Episode 2, it's called Jet Sam. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always. So, uh, we kept the aspect ratio change going throughout the whole episode. Um, yeah, we're constantly flicking back and forth now. Yeah. What's funny is I always notice it when it goes back to 2.35 2, 2. for the planet, but I never notice it going back to 16 by 9. Uh, Do you not? For some reason, my eyes just don't catch it. I just, I just I don't notice it's changed, but before, when it goes back to the wider, I notice the, the you change. You notice it immediately, yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 I was noticing it both ways, personally, but I mean, whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, we'll start with the main plot uh, on New Terra first. Uh, obviously, we have a few things going on there. The characters are kind of split up because they all sort of take different jobs. Uh, Alex is with uh, the the doctor, who's uh, Doctor Lucia, and she is the the wife of the family that we saw briefly on the ship when they were arriving last episode. Um, and it actually makes for a bit of an awkward moment because Alex is maybe starting to flirt a little bit. He's maybe starting to ask her out for a drink. And don't get me wrong, he never goes so far that it's like super awkward because it still kind of felt like it might just be a friendly thing. Like it was, you know, it was. He could play yeah, it that way. But, but then the husband comes by. He's like, I'll, I'll leave you to it. You're going to have some family time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's found someone that he's, he's caught his eye. Um, uh, and he awkwardly sort of leaves out. But um, it, all, it all felt very in character, the way he, the way he played through the, the situation. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't a dick about it or anything. Yeah. Because uh, he's there checking everyone that's in the, the medical tent. And I say, well, it's not a tent, but you know, it's a little hot. Whatever it is. It's very, very, you know, makeshift because I've only just been here for a little while. Uh, but yeah. he's uh, testing everyone to see if they're infected with a proto molecule, just in case anyone's got that. Because everyone's worried about this being an Eros situation again. Um, and they're all terrified of it. But that's why he's there to check. Um, kind of makes sense. So, yeah, because he, cause he was going to stick there, because he actually says over at comms, you know, the holding and that are coming back from the other place, and he's like, hey, I'm going to stick around and make sure everything's okay. And again, this is kind of the start of him, like, oh, maybe he's going to, like, flirt a bit here. Um, but then, of course, he's back at the ship for the next bit, because, well... <laughs> I think things got awkward, and he's like, yeah, I'm getting out of there. Yeah, so... That was basically Alex's thing before he joined up with the others. Um, and Amos, I'll just, you know, I'll do the small ones first before we get to the main thing. Yeah. Uh, Amos, of course, stuck around kind of as, like, sort of, you know, to assist uh, 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 Marty, as he's called. Although, although Amos kept calling him Marty, uh, who's the, the, you know, the you know, Gorman's character, the head of the, the, the security, like, sort of force that's been sent down. Uh, and he's kind of, like, goes along with him to try to debris, to kind of deduce that uh, there's, there's, like, a trigger here. It looks like someone did blow something. Um, it's not conclusive, as they point out. Even Holden says that when he tells him over the comms, like, okay, I mean, that's suspicious, but it's not like it doesn't damn anyone. Yeah. Um. So you know, that says him kind of on the warpath. He makes this. He storms into like the the main cantina area and uh, say you know says to like the leader of the group is like, hey, like you've got twenty four hours to like find the culprits or everyone will be punished for it. Um, so, and all these, all these belters don't like that very much, of course. Um, Amos just kind of sticks around. It's almost like he doesn't respect the, the move that he just pulled, um, for starters, but he just sticks around and he wants to drink some booze. And as we've heard in the other scene, this is, this is, this was some neat setup and other plot lines because in Alex's plot line, he asked about, is there anything to drink around here? And he's like, well, there's a bar and, but they basically just serve what I'm, you know, disinfecting these blades with. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, Amos starts trading in bullets to get drunk. Um, and, and they're all like, oh, this is a lot of bullets. And he's like, eh, I can make more. I don't really care. 
Yeah, it could be rich here, as he puts it. And then the actual second-in-command to uh, uh, Martry, I'm just making sure I'm saying that name right, because it's a weird name, but those two R's. Uh, Martry, sorry, say you. Martry. Um, it's because Amos keeps calling him Marty, so I, I keep just trying to add an extra R into Marty. Uh, yeah. But uh, the actual second-in-command uh, comes in, and she kind of, like, she's very aggressive as well, and like, oh, you tried to take my job? But there's clearly sexual, t- it's like, she feels like the Lady Amos, right? <laughs> That's basically the gist I got very quickly. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and sure enough, we cut to them having sex later. Um, and the one little detail here that I think is maybe worth pointing out is that, you know, they're both making noises during the sex, and eventually she, like, puts her hand over his mouth and goes, oh, shut up, be quiet. <laughs> and I don't know why, I get the impression that this is the first time Amos has ever been, like, not manhandled, but, like, is told, to told what to do like this, yeah. Uh, yeah. He looks beside himself. Um, he doesn't quite understand it. No, but they're distracted, of course, after they're done, because uh, uh, Murtry is sort of confronted by a couple of the belters outside who are, you know, accusing him of coming down here and, you know, trying to take charge and, you know, they yell a couple of things at him. And... He's holding his ground. He's been a dick, as we saw last episode. Uh, but things really turn for the worst when one of them, you know, because he says, like, oh, hey, you know, like, uh, you know, 26 of my friends died on, on that ship and, you know, I'm lucky to have survived or whatever he says. And then the builder's like, well, night's not over yet. And Murtry just... Oh, well, t- that sounds like a threat. Sounds like a threat. And he just shoots them right there and then. Uh, and you know Amos and uh, the other women see this from afar and they come running in afterwards we don't get to see what the aftermath is but presumably some of the other belters might be a little miffed that this guy just shot him in cold blood <laughs> yep yep uh, he he won't see it as cold blood um, military that is he, he'll be like no 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 I was pr- you know I was provoked I, 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 that was a threat on my life it's a pretty baseless threat all he did was say something no it is I'm saying I think that's how he's going to justify oh, it. Oh, sure. Uh, at least to himself, maybe to everyone else. He'll be trying to argue that. Uh, tensions will be high, but it's really setting him up as a something of an unhinged character. Uh, yeah. Because this was unhinged behavior. Even Amos was like, damn. Like, he, he, Amos didn't know what to make of this. Yeah, when Amos is confused by violence, you know that it's pretty bad. Yeah. Because uh, Amos, ha, ha, you know, he, he follows the code set by the others around him. And even he's recognizing this as as crossing some you know some line, uh. So you know that that should be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, of course, the main stuff with Holden and Naomi going out to the the uh, the structure. We don't really have a name for it yet, but the I want to call it a temple, but there's no particular reason for that. It just reminds me of like a temple. Do you know? What I was thinking as they were coming out to this thing. It was, it was. The thought I had in my head was, "This is like a good version of Prometheus." <laughs> <laughs> I can see that because uh, they come out and they you know, do a quick test or whatever. And the scientist lady there, uh, okay, her name is, uh, who we met last episode as well. She takes a quick read, and the guy over the comms is like, "Oh, hey, this this dates at about one point five billion years old," and she's like shocked by that and holding her like, "Well." Gonna have to explain why that's important, and she's like, "Well, this actually predates all of the life here. <laughs> like, this all all of the life we have tested is much, much younger than that. This is this predates any like advanced form of life." Yeah. So basically, there was advanced life, and then proto molecule took over them all and used them all up, wiped them out, whatever it did. That's the theory. Holden speculates that because the proto molecule typically takes over everything in its path yeah. when it 
takes over. Which, I mean, it stands to reason, and it's plausible yeah. enough that I have no reason to question it as of right now. Oh yeah, it stands to reason. I just uh, it's just not scientifically locked in as all. Well. I'm just there's there's the yeah. room for it to tell us something else later. But Holden's there making is, that there. guess. Yeah, so that that's the 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 hypothesis right now is advanced civilization, or at least to to a point where they were you know able to walk around and create things. Um, they were wiped out by the proto molecule after they were used up. Left this structure. And then life evolved all over again. What's interesting to me is um, a couple of things here. One is that Amos has a line in one of his scenes where he says that this planet's just like Earth, but less pollution and more moons. Now, the more moons is whatever. It's just because they're a different no place. But uh, the less pollution one kind of interested me because I thought, well, if there was a civilization here before the protomolecule arrived, like... Admittedly, they may just not have been far enough that there was any pollution yet, and that's just why there's less pollution. But I do have to ponder the theory that the protomolecule cleaned the planet by, like, sort of purging it. I mean, here's the thing. If you took, you know, Earth right now, wiped all of humanity off it <laughs> in, in one and a half billion years, yeah, it probably wouldn't be that polluted. That's, that's true, yeah. <laughs> okay, that, that's a fair point, but, like... <laughs> You know, I just wonder if that's part of the like uh, benefits of a weird word here because it's killing off all the life to do it. But, but it like, saved the planet. Yeah, it saved the planet. Yeah, yeah. Let's um, yeah, say it was on a path to crypt, you know, to Krypton-esque levels of you know destruction. Yeah, yeah climate change, and this this kind of like reset the course and like reset it back to zero, as it were. Um, maybe I don't know. I'm just, I'm just pondering some ideas. And the other thing I really because we were debating if those those uh, little throwing star things were alive last episode or sentient and there was an interesting little bit of science here where uh okay he's kind of talking about it's like hey like you're saying they look like a machine because they're made of metal or whatever but just because life's life on earth you know formed out of these elements doesn't mean that life on other planets can't form out of other things maybe iron's one of the things that life forms from in this planet therefore it yeah. looks like a machine to us but it's actually life um but but ultimately they never actually reach a conclusion either they just say it could be life. Oh yeah, there's no answer yet, but it did make me ponder. Like, yeah, I really want to see like an iron-based life form. Like, <laughs> like it made me go. I want to see that in a science fiction thing. Do you know now. what is is kind of great in in something we mentioned last episode in the Expanse is how it's done such a good job of being surprising with how different the cultures are, even among humanity. Sure. Yeah. And uh, just how different would alien life look? I think. I mean, this might be part of it. But uh, it's, al of... it's almost a critique of almost every other sci-fi show with an alien in it that the aliens aren't different enough because, uh, well, anything yeah. with a humanoid alien, at least I suppose you might say. Yeah. Um. Now it's interesting because uh, it made me think. Well, what's it going to look like? Is it going to be like some weird like? Because I'm thinking of some sort of like, uh, techno fetish nightmare looking thing. <laughs> like you're just some sort of metal clump. I'm of... kind of terrified. In in a, in a sense of like, I don't know if I want it to show me because I don't know if I want it to ruin any illusion imagination we could have. Yeah, yeah, maybe leaving it to mysteries a, a better thing to let us our minds just wonder what it because we can't comprehend what it is. But at the same time, I kind of want to see it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get that. I kind of yeah, want to see what they come up with to represent something like that. Um, yeah. That's assuming they ever even do that. We we don't know if there will be. You know. I mean, and don't get me wrong, there has been a lot of I'm sure Star Trek. Uh, I think it was Star Trek anyway, you know, there's been plant uh, life forms that are, like, more vegetation, you know, they're basically vegetables, but, you know, they're smart sure. vegetables, but they're, like, the idea is that their actual tissue is more vegetable-like. Um, mm. 
Like, we've seen that kind of thing before, and it's fine, but it's really just someone painted different colour, <laughs> so they look a little bit weird. And yeah. they were told that their material is different. Um, but seeing something that's sort of, like, made of, like, iron in some way would be Do you know what's kind of funny? You just mentioned Star Trek there. Uh, obviously, we are working through the next generation right mm. now, and we just got to the the first introduction of the Borg. And that was something we kind of complimented a lot in the in the design of, and the aesthetic of their you know their, their ship and such is that it doesn't feel organic like someone cre- designed this it just functions. Yeah, yeah, it, and that, obviously there's still humanoids there, but the whole point of that is that they're taking over life and using it. Yeah, yeah, um, but it's, it's a very similar thing to what we're saying here is that it it it's not incomprehensible that don't get me wrong it's not quite as extreme but it's. It's more different than you would just immediately assume based on other sci-fi things. So I'm very intrigued to see what they do with this uh, and see if we do get any visuals on anything or anything else. Uh, But uh, also worth mentioning, there's a a sort of like, it happens at the start and it happens once again, kind of before he reappears, but there's like a, that sort of Miller POV when he's inside the protomolecule matrix or whatever we're calling it. yeah, it sounds very computerized as well. Yeah, he, like little audio glitches. Yeah, it's really hard to. I didn't like, the, especially the first time. I didn't hear everything he said because it was so distorted and yeah, kind of mumbly to itself. But it, it, he, he, it, it was mumbling about failing. You know, wherever failed that thing, like you know, what's the right drawer or something like that. He was going on about failing systems, um, and it's like he's looking for one of these. Uh, these structures, these towers, presumably that are on multiple planets, maybe through all these gates uh, or whatever. Like he's looking for one that maybe works, or and you know he finds one, obviously, and that's what leads him to Holden uh, later on because they're back at the ship. Um, we'll tangent a little bit here to Naomi, who you know, you know she refuses help. She's going to carry her own bags, and Holden's like, "Look, it's your first day on a planet. Your body's adjusting. Like, let me, you know, take some of the load off." And she's very proud and says, "Nope, I'm doing this." Yeah. I realize how it's. I think this is in the scene just before they measure the you know the age of the structure, mm. and um, just throughout that scene, she's she's not even doing anything. You can just hear her panting in the background every so often. Yeah. Like she's just struggling after the exertion. And what I love about it is that like even even if with that, you could maybe say, oh, maybe this feels a little bit too easy that she's she's this well adjusted so soon. But obviously, before long, as soon as Holden's went for a shower, she starts like having essentially like a, a panic attack mixed with like vomiting and and she's like crawling to the, the med bay to like jump on the chair to you know give herself some you know assistance a, a booster with the, yeah. uh, the the gravity meds and she wakes up to alex who's just returned from the you know the camp and he's like yeah like your bones are getting more dense and things are progressing but your heart's not strong enough yet uh, you're working yourself too hard you have to take it easy you'll you, you if you keep going like this you're gonna have palpitations and you know maybe worse and so it really puts this this ticker on naomi where anything if she's going to go outside at any point in this season it's going to feel dangerous that she might push herself Even too far just, like because she didn't do that much right in this episode, she she walked a little bit with a with a heavy bag right yeah it wasn't was it- it, it was it was some hiking and not, admittedly not great terrain, but it was some hiking, just a little bit of hiking with some heavy bags. That that was the extent of it. Yeah, like don't get me wrong, being out of breath is perfectly acceptable, right? You know, you're you're not questioning that. But my point is that's still relatively speaking light because the other two, you know, Holden and the, uh, and, and the scientists were fine, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, 
you you kind of worry for okay, what happens when she has to run away from something? Yeah, if something dangerous. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, just imagine later on when Holden's trying to like you know climb out or whatever. Like imagine Naomi in that situation. I'm, I'm scared for her heart just reacting to that. I know. Just, you know, just you know, it must be pounding just listening to to what was going on. Because there's a great moment. Um before they're leaving because because holden of course is woken up in the middle of the night by miller who's come back to speak to him and that was something you kind of theorize that now that they're back obviously they're not inside the ring right now they're on the planet that's outside another ring entrance but yeah um like now that they've been back through the ring though miller can you know sort of come to him whenever he wants but he can go back uh to the the matrix again we're calling the matrix i don't have anything else to call it but um he uh you know he shows up and he's like yep yeah, no we got a job we got a job and we have to go to the structure and they, of course from the information he gives them like you know alex checks and he's like yeah there's openings now which weren't there before and you know holden did that thing where he touched it because he was expecting to feel something maybe and he said it felt dead but now there's openings and this is where i was really getting the prometheus or alien vibes where they're going out of this structure and in the middle of this planet and they're like descending into it and it's kind of dark and like there's definitely vibes of some of that stuff yeah uh, peeking yeah. in uh, so they go out, he descends down there. There's a great moment where uh, Naomi says she's coming too, and Alex says, no, hey, I'd feel better if someone was back, back monitoring us from the ship and, you know, calling the shots and looking after us from here. And Naomi just kind of, like, doesn't pull up a fight and just kind of agrees, because she asked him not to tell Holden, because he didn't want him worrying. So so she she just sort of agrees and says, okay. And, he, and Alex and her just share this look, like, right stay here yeah and, and again it's it's not suspicious or anything like that oh I yeah mean, yeah Holden has no reason to, to question this yeah i mean if it, it does this like every couple of days it may start to build up but at least now there's no reason to suspect anything yeah. uh so but he gets down there and there's some vines like basically in the i'll call them gear they're not like gears they're like weird rectangular angular shapes but I'll, for the sake of what they're the, the fact that they're going to turn everything on when they're removed i'm going to call them gears um sure and Miller's like, hey, I'm, I've been flicking switches and this, this, these vines are, you know, stopping from flicking switches. And it's interesting, it does have, because I thought the really interesting part of this conversation is, is, is Holden's kind of doing this, uh, or just before he does it, is that Miller talks about how he he has the, the thoughts of everyone from Eros who died in his head. Yeah. Um, uh, that must be driving him insane. Yeah, well, I mean, this thing he has Miller's because at one point he starts complaining about uh, water, th- you know, stealing. You know, and that was some that was one of the first things we ever saw with Miller in season one was the was the water stealing sort of stuff that he was like in- investigating. And so, yeah, there's definitely Miller in here. You know, Miller, you know, via connecting with the proto molecule when he was going down with everything. You know, with Julian. And, and it makes you wonder, has this entity here as as much as it's presenting as as Miller? Is this everyone? It's actually absorbed and touched from Eros. Maybe. But at the same time, I don't necessarily get the impression that this is just straight up the proto-molecule, though. I don't think it's that. No, I don't either. That's why I yeah. say, you know, I, I intentionally didn't use that word there. I said this entity. Because um, um, I, I, if I was to make a, a, just a guess right now, I would say this is an artificial intelligence that was built by the same people who built the, the rings and potentially the proto-molecule. And it's kind of just trying to get everything up and running again right now. I mean, that would, that's my feeling. From what you say, major Halo vibes when you're talking about building the rings. <laughs> but just as to me speaking, just to what's going on, obviously there's probably going to be more information that completely blows all that out of the water. But like yeah. right now, that's kind of the the, vi- the vibe I'm getting from it's, uh, him. It's as good a theory as any right now. Uh, but because I, I don't see him as dangerous in the sense that he, like as, as much as he promises there's no coma and then holding almost gets crushed to death. Um, I mean, there was no coma. 
There was no coma. Uh, it was dangerous though, and I feel like, but notably, Holden like agrees to actually cut the veins once like he tells him about Eros and like hearing all these you know all these thoughts and he says like he's kind of burdened with all these people and he sort of like describes a few specifics he's like oh there's an old woman you know looking for her husband or whatever you know he says a few of them and like you know what they were doing right before they died like what they were thinking about and that's the moment we're holding kind of you know okay fine gets the blowtorch out and goes to work uh, and as soon as he gets them loose the you know the, the entire structure starts like it's- Operating. Yeah, because that one piece it slides into place, which I guess why you liken it to a gear. They're, yeah. they're like square gears. Yeah. Um, with the way the way they kind of slot into place, and then everything starts wearing up. But uh, uh, the opening starts closing, so he has to start climbing up. Uh, and I guess you could say that there was no malintent from from the entity from Miller, but uh, he probably just calculated that he'd have enough time to get out and. Technically, he did. It was like just the nick of time. Like, but he could have given him a warning. Yeah, the you know, the, the 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 opening was closing. The the door, for lack of a better word, was I, closing on him, and it was like getting really close as Alex was trying to pull him up. Yeah, I think the real reason why I would say there's no ill intent is because clearly this entity Miller needs Holden. No, it does. In yeah, some capacity. Because otherwise. You know, without Holden, he couldn't have got this this uh, vibe. Oh, yeah. this, right? This did not sound like the last mission. This did not sound like the last time he's going to ask for help. This this felt like the start of uh, at least a season long of right assistance. So why would he try and kill him? That that doesn't serve its purpose. Yeah. No, very intriguing. Very intriguing. So no, dug all this stuff. Uh, su- super exciting. Um, I was into all of it. I was into you know the the the, the shooting at the end of the other plot as well, uh, and then that takes us to the 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 Bobby plot and the Vassaral plot, which do enter interlink because Vassaral is on her way to Mars for a sort of peace summit dinner. Uh, you know, the, the I don't know if it's that literally when they're saying the peace treaty to end the war, but she she talks about how the war's not really over until there's real peace and there's real, you know. Uh, yeah, the moment the guns go down aren't isn't necessarily the war ending. That's just the on hold. It's, and it's when what was there was a specific word she used, wasn't it? Uh, armistice it wasn't armistice, was it? No, because no, that's when the guns go down. Sure, sure. It, yeah. was, it was to do with uh, the societies accepting each other, yes. rather than the, rather than just being at peace. Yeah, uh, notably we have to do mention that our, our husband's been recast because there was a second when I went, who is this asshole? <laughs> because her husband well only had a few scenes over the the, the few seasons that we had him in um had a, i remember his face like i remember what he sounded like and what he looked like mm. uh, and this guy is definitely different as soon as of course they held hands i was like okay i think this is just her husband i think he's just been recast <laughs> uh, yeah and it that was very ca- clear when he interacts with bobby yeah uh and of course yeah we do i mean that's basically it from her all on her speech uh and you know I think one of the uh, the high ups are is resigning. I think it's the woman who was arguing with her last episode is resigning from her position. Yeah. Um, uh, they also is a little bit of a debate here where they don't want news of the uh, attack uh, that just happened on New Terra reaching the public, and her you know her publicist or whoever this or assistant whoever this guy is is like oh, maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe like the, showing the danger backs up your stance that this is too dangerous to just go flying in here willy nilly right now. She's like that really damn good <laughs> also uh, i did like when she's on, on flight en route to mars and she gets because we don't realize they're on a ship yet because they're there it's just at the table and it looks, it looks, it looks like daylight. in an office right? yeah it looks like daylight coming in the windows just because it's just so bright um simulated probably but 
she gets up and they're all wearing the mag boots and the guy's like oh hey you, you look you're using those boots really well and she's like oh i had a good teacher and i just smiled because i was like oh yeah amos yeah <laughs> amos did that <laughs> yeah oh quality um i like how even though we split a lot of the characters up there's a lot of referencing between them and ter- the, the world feels like it's all connected even if their plots are very separate right now there is yeah because obviously she gets a message from holden as well saying hey we're gonna go check this out mm. um, and she's like okay what's the delay on this uh, uh, yeah that's interesting six hours till to mars basically because they're almost at mars at this point so i'll say six yeah. hours i don't imagine the de- delay beyond i mean i, I, I don't know my distances well enough but uh, i i'm assuming that the distance between earth and mars is a lot shorter between mars and uh this other place yeah because oh wait that's because this is near the belt right this ring so it's near east jupiter yeah. i'd have thought so yeah so i mean that distance isn't much bigger i mean i mean it's the next planet out but i, I assumed it was further away maybe i'm wrong people can tell yeah, me in the comments I'm- Mars is the next planet out from us, right? Uh, true, so, yeah. Maybe it's more 50-50. Maybe it'll be 12 hours to Earth, but... Yeah. Uh, uh, but, I mean, just because it's the next planet out does not mean the distances are it not doesn't, catastrophically no. Dis- different. <laughs> no. Also, given rotations as well, like, I mean... Like... is mean the, orbits or rotations? Or orbits, I mean. Like, is the ring orbiting the sun? Is it moving with the in the same way the planets are, or is it stationary? I'm going to assume so, because uh, the ships that are around it uh, pre- they, they, i don't feel like they're constant whenever we've seen them it doesn't feel like they're constantly you know in thrust to keep up with you know to keep with the ring they, they seem to be kind of just drifting with it also it would change as well because i mean it's not like mars and jupiter are in sync in their orbit like they they, they go further apart depending on yeah. where each of their orbits are at so what six hours now could be 12 at a different time of the year yeah it could yeah I think that was you know, you know uh, in, in, on Mars. Yeah. Obviously, you know, there's there's people there and they presumably have birthdays. What do they measure? Do they measure in Earth years or Mars years? I would guess Earth years just because it makes everything consistent. Although otherwise a Martian would be I, mean, I don't know how long a Martian year I, is, but I'd have no idea, but I guarantee <laughs> you there's at least one sect on Mars who are like, No, we are being true martians and, the, and they're like martian calendar all the way assuming assuming it's longer because it's further out from the sun but that may not be true it may move faster but it's assuming it's longer because it's further out from the sun that means that the ages would all be really young sounding like you'd have a 40 year old be like i'm uh, 12 a, a martian year is 1.88 earth years that's so, not as much as i had a thought no it's not i mean it's it's a little under you know a little under double, double yeah but not as you know, I, like you could have told me it was three and a half Earth years, and I wouldn't have really questioned it. So, so like a forty-year-old, if they were going by Martian years, would be like, "I'm like twenty-three. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guarantee you, there's at least one like one societal group well, on Mars. It sounds really this. good until you start talking about the death rate. <laughs> <laughs> they just all die. They, they they all die by like you know, average age is what you know, 40. forty-two or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great till you start talking about the time of death. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, uh, just just don't mention that when you're talking to the Earthlings. Rub <laughs> it in the faces. That would be my response. I mean, you die like forty. I'm going to live till my eighties, bitch. <laughs> um, so anyway, so going to Mars, and Bobby gets an invite to this dinner that Avasarala is holding. Of course, she's having her own little plot, which is kind of a mix of a couple of things. At first, there's a, there's a dead body that pops up somewhere. We don't see this, so we just see when she's getting to work, 
Um, and no, noticeably, she does uh, notice someone herself. It kind of looks round at someone on the way in as if she's suspicious of, like, you know, why someone yeah. was there. It looked kind of off. But, uh, you know, the cops come in and notably they take those, uh, those, those pills they take for the interrogations before they started talking to everyone that was seen before. Uh, so the regular Martian cops are using those as well. But, uh, they they kind of flag her when they scan everyone they bring her in for questioning and because of her past because of her discharge so she's questioned sort of in-depthly as like hey this is kind of you know like do you are you really loyal to mars like you've been invited to this fancy dinner you know by avasa rally and that's when she actually because but the first time she gets the message she doesn't actually click accept she just kind of leaves it you know sitting uh waiting for a response and she's like no look i came back here to face my charges to to do everything i you know i'm out there doing uh it's, speaking of alien references, uh, not the job. The job's not nothing like uh, what Ripley's doing in Aliens, but uh, she said she's third class. Like, she's like, you know, it was like uh, missile or ammunitions or something, you know. It was, it was yeah. like something to do with the the, 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 the rockets and the ships. Um, but she said she was like third class. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure Ripley was third class as a, as like a dock loader or something like <laughs> Aliens. It just it made me smile. I'll take it. I mean, yeah. Well, one of those little things. Uh, but, you know, she kind of sticks up for herself. Um, and we see later on when she gets to the party that she's flagged for close inspection. It's almost like it's like she's been heavily profiled. It's like she's no, she, she should be scrutinized beyond belief no matter where she exactly goes. Exactly how it feels. Yeah. Um, they, she, they, they, they pull her in. Oh, she's, you know, she's a special request. So she's coming straight in with me. Yeah, yeah, but their attitude is basically the filthy traitor who, you know, sides yeah. with the earthlings, you know, that's basically their attitude. Um, and she sat from like, the opposite end of the table from Vassarelli. It feels very impersonal. I actually felt really good when uh, her husband sat next to her to talk to her because I was like, oh man, no one's going to talk to her. <laughs> this is, this no. is going to be really depressing. Uh, she still looks uncomfortable though once the conversation gets going. Um, and then later on when Vassarelli tries to talk to her, she is like, I felt like you're a lapdog. Like I was on there for show to, you know, look at how you look at your Martian friend, look at your little like soldier yeah. kind of thing. And Avassarella's like, oh, screw it. You know, and I, I loved how often Avassarella has been known for dropping the odd F bomb. She was going through them in this episode. And even after she did this, this big uh, speech about peace and like Martian and Earthlings, like joining a new humanity, as soon as she's talking to Bob, she's like, oh, F these people. They'll deserve you. Come work for me. <laughs> Yeah, After I all. think it's 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 notable though she doesn't mean Martians by these people necessarily. Sure, yeah, she means like she, the government or the police she means, force, you know, yeah. the, the way you've been treated specifically yeah. by your superiors. You know those people, not the 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 society as a whole. And Bobby's insistent. No, I don't need you to save me. Uh, I'm on my own here. And I, I mean, I fully expect her plot line will intersect with the others. Maybe not even this season, but in the future. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, she was separate like all of season two, right? Yeah. Well, she was with the Vassarala by the end of season two. Uh, Vassarala, yeah, yeah, sure, but from all the others. Sure. Um, and she goes back home. Her nephew is leaving once again. And she had that, that study date moment. We didn't even mention it, I don't think, in the last episode because it was such a small thing. Yeah. But yeah, the girl came with them and it was like, oh, it's a study date, whatever. Um, but then this time he's just going out and it's late and he's, oh, we're seeing friends. And it feels a bit fishy. So Bobby, especially when he doesn't really respond to her, he just kind of walks out of the, the apartment without saying anything to her and it feels kind of rude. She's having none of it. She follows him and finds that he is helping uh, make drugs of some kind. Um, I mean, we, we assume drugs. <laughs> no, no, she says it. I think she even oh, says it's the... Say she says it's the... Uh, I think it's like a version of what the, the cops take. Oh, is it? Okay, fair enough. I think... Uh, 
She definitely said it was a drug. She may have said that, but um, she's making he's making something. Uh, and Bobby comes in. She's like, "No, this is stopping right now. You're leaving," and like tries to grab him out. And that's when the you know quote unquote girlfriend walks in with two heavies, and she's like, "No, no, no. He's got a job to finish." And he's like, "Oh, your your aunt's becoming you know a, 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 a problem." And she's like, hey, "Look, he's out of this now. He's gone. He's coming with me. It's over." And obviously, the letter. And I love I loved this moment. Because there was a point before us, I thought, do I really care that much about Bobby's nephew, but then with like some sort of gang, like organized crime on Mars? Like, is this an interesting plot? And then Bobby said, oh, F this, and just started ripping through the three of them, the, the badass she is. And I was like, you know what? No, I'll take the Western with Bobby as the, as the hero. I'm, uh, I'll take I'm it. Feel, I'm feeling those taser knuckle dusters. Uh, she she punches the shit out of one of the guys, and she's almost going to use the taser thing, yeah. But then she she sees her nephew looking at her like like she's like he's scared, Utterly terrified. Yeah. yeah, he's he's mortified with how much of a like because she does she use is. it on the first guy that she, she you know just turns he's still wearing it and he you yeah. know, turns it on him. Uh, but this time she she picks it up and goes to use it off the floor instead of just punching him, and then sees how terrified her nephew is of her. It's a great little action sequence, and if we're getting a Western subplot with Bobby on Mars, where she's like taking out the local like crime syndicate, like I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, me too. And it kind of goes back to how you know in, in season one we had the 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 detective noir stuff with with Miller. Actually, that that's actually what it reminded me of. Her stuff on Mars feels very Miller-esque from season one. Yeah. Um. So that's that's so that's kind of cool. Um. And obviously she did speculate that the dead body that the cops were looking for was probably related to whatever this gang's up to or doing yeah they kind of deny it and brush it off but i mean yeah. that doesn't really mean anything does it yeah so no i was i was i was bobby like unleashing like you know we've seen bobby like sit there be uncomfortable feel belittled feel like she's got no power and then as i she's off oh, f this and just takes out three of them as if yeah you, you do definitely get the feeling that it isn't just these guys that oh sure this is all about this is Oh yeah, because the the girlfriend says, "Oh, you have you know this this is it. You're over. You're done now." As if there's there's going to be some backup coming to take her on, and I'm sure that's going to happen. And they don't know who they're messing with because Bobby is going to rip them to shreds, and I'm going to enjoy every second of it. It's gonna be great. (laughs) I'm all for it. Uh, So there you go. Uh, That's episode two. I was saying just with Bobby, I can see this plot you know she ends up having to kind of run from mars because it does get too big and has to go in with a vassarella because of it oh maybe yeah i can see that um and i don't actually expect it to join up with the rest of the crew like on new terra but uh, if she does the circumstance i would maybe think it was under is that things are getting so shit like real out there that when she's with a vassarella versus oh they need backup and bobby's like send can, me yeah, in she would definitely send her as backup yeah send me in coach i'm ready yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, what if a Vassarella gets Earth to like fund like a like her own like a, an Earth version of the the suit she wore? Because always she had that Martian like armor. Yeah. Like she doesn't have that anymore, so it'd be cool if like Vassarella's like, no, hey, I had R and D whip something up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we got you something cool. Yeah. Uh, so no, lots of little great moments in this one. Uh, more mythology building that makes us talk about you know possibilities of life forms that look nothing like us and shit like that, which we love sci-fi for. And yeah. this show is very good at it. So, 
that is episode two so do let us know what you think of episode two uh, in the comments below you can like and subscribe all that stuff get us on the twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates all those things help uh, as does uh, rating the podcast uh, or you know almost cancelled tv reviews audio feed uh, you can rate that on apple Podcasts and give it five stars and that means more people will find us because they'll promote it a little bit more uh, tweet us out obviously share us on the social medias uh, you can support us financially directly if you want to do that via patreon.com slash mail tv and you can do that for as little as one dollar per month and get some bonuses for your troubles and some uh, other bits and bobs and the stuff at the higher tiers so uh, go and go and have a look see if you're interested but uh, that is us otherwise i'll just leave you by promoting a couple of things we do uh, connor mentioned earlier we are working our way through star trek uh, we've done all the original series we are deep into season two of next generation uh, so those are good conversations go and uh, have a look at those and uh yeah I'll, I'll do so thank you very much once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching tv guys have you got any vanilla <laughs>